What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Fantasy Fight League podcast. My name's JC. And I'm Drew. And this is the recap episode of UFC 271 Adesanya versus Whitaker 2. Let's get into it. What's going on, Drew? Not too much. How you doing? I'm good, brother. Uh, we're a little late uh, with uh, the recap here, but uh, it's been a bit of a busy week, but uh, doesn't uh, take anything away from this fight card, which ended up being amazing. Yeah, man. Yeah. It, uh, it had some highs and lows. I'm excited to get into it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, let's just get right into it. Uh, we were talking about in the pre-fight uh, the prelim highlight, Andre Arlovsky versus uh, Jared Vandera, uh, ended up going to the, a split decision. Um, but uh, I mean, I, I don't know if you caught that one. I thought Arlovsky clearly won that fight. I don't think it should have been a split decision. I wasn't, um, but, yeah, uh, yeah, I wasn't able to catch some of these at the beginning, so I missed out on that one. But good to see Arlovsky still picking up wins. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, he's on a three fight win streak now. That's wild. Give him a title shot. For a guy who's 43 years old. Yeah, I I mean, I I I don't think he's going to be going uh, high up in the rankings anytime soon. I I don't think he could hang with uh, Francis Ngannou or Tai Tuivasa or somebody like that. I think think he's a bit too old for that, but who knows? We'll see what uh, goes from there. But uh, you were just talking before we came on here about an amazing fight. Uh, in the women's division. Yeah, so um, it's hard to, you know, pick apart every single one of the fights that's on the card. There's just not a lot of time for it. So sometimes we miss some of these. Um, but Casey O'Neill versus Roxanne Modafferi. I think that's how you pronounce her last name. But anyways, um, this was Roxanne's retirement fight. She's been a longtime vet in the uh, women's flyweight division uh, for quite some time. And then Casey O'Neill, if I'm not mistaken, I believe she is undefeated. Uh, she's nine and zero after this one, so she wins by um, split uh, split decision. I think it was a split decision. Actually. No, oh, it no. was a split decision. Yeah, yeah, which is pretty wild. But while we're talking about fantasy, while we're kind of giving those hints about the fantasy league that's coming up, we're gonna have more video going into the settings and stats and how you can record it yourself. But to give a little perspective. Casey O'Neill was the fantasy player of the night. She had 229 significant strikes and she came out with the win and it was, it was by split decision, which you even get less points. But when you get that many strikes, you're cashing it. Um, so yeah. she absolutely ragged all the Roxanne. I, I didn't even realize it was a split decision until now, but um, good for her. I mean, what a fight. And and surprising that it ends up going to decision after uh, she doles out that much punishment. Yeah, really. Yeah, unfortunately, again, this is one I didn't get to see. But I but I looking at the stats here, like Roxanne did have two takedowns out of four attempts, a little bit of ground control for a minute there. So maybe that kind of played into why uh, it was a little bit closer than the significant strikes make it seem. Also, another factor to look at is Roxanne threw three hundred fifty eight. <laughs> 
<laughs> she only landed 120, so she had a 33% strike rate. But she did throw, so they almost threw the I, same amount, just Casey was yeah. accurate. Yeah, she was almost at 60% accuracy on those strikes. Um, I'm, I'm, it looks like they might have given... Uh, Maybe round. I don't even know what round that they're they're looking at. Uh, that they would have given Roxanne because if you're looking at uh, at the breakdown, the breakdown per rounds, Casey dominated each round at least in the stats. So, um, yeah, very interesting. But it was it was a good fight um, and happy retirement to Roxanne. Yep. Um, but yeah, Casey O'Neill uh, looked looked on fire in this fight. Yeah, it's just a lesson learned here that um, as we get into this fantasy world of MMA, like you can't sleep on the early prelims or the prelims. You know, you gotta do your homework and look at some of these fighters. Like it totally, I totally overlooked the fact that she was undefeated. She had momentum. She's going in against a retired, like a soon-to-be retired fighter. So uh, this was definitely a steal pick um, and a sleeper of the card. So, yeah, good for her. And, uh, of course, because we recorded it, you know, more than a day of early, uh, the main card got switched on us. Yeah. (laughs) So uh, we had actually talked about uh, Kyler Phillips versus Marcelo Rojo in the uh, lead-up to this uh, pay-per-view. That got bumped down to the prelims um, and actually, like, a mid-prelim. So um, that was very interesting. Um, and if we're looking at, uh, the final of that one, Kyler Phillips actually won, uh, by a arm triangle, a triangle arm bar in the round in round three. Well, God, yeah, we're stumbling all over the place, <laughs> um, which wild. is, uh, which is wild. So, um, not sure if we'll count that for the wins and losses, uh, on this episode, but, uh, uh, one thing to note for that while we, uh, then jump into the main card. Yeah, actually, I want to touch on that one really quickly. Um, I should have done my homework a little bit more, but we never do here. Um, so no <laughs> looking at it, so Kyler Phillips got the sub win in round three, and he had three takedowns and 80 significant strikes. That's pretty wild. I think that I think he almost ties, if not beats, um, Casey for fantasy player of the night. Like, that is... That is what you'd like to see. That is stats, cats across the board. And by cats, I mean yeah. categories. You know, like he's hitting everything. He was taking him down. Not striking. felines. Yeah. And he got it. And he got not talking about the felines. The what? Sorry? The felines. The felines? Yeah, cat. The cats. <laughs> right. Gotcha. Gotcha. Nice joke. Yeah. Uh, I'll take that out of the episode. <laughs> got crickets on that one. So we want to get in the main card? Yeah, let's get in the main card. Uh, starting off in the lightweight division, Bobby Green versus Nazrat Hakparas. Uh, Bobby Green uh, wins by decision. Drew, you called this one. Yeah, I mean, that's what he does best. That's a, that's the only thing Bobby Green does is win it by decision. But I, I got to yeah. give him the benefit of the doubt here. He, he looked great. He, it was a dominant performance, and it was actually fun to watch. So I kind of feel bad saying that yeah he he clearly just was walking over um walking over this guy just yeah it was it was a it was a long 15 minute fight because bobby was just kicking the shit out of him yep and you'd think like 
there would be some sort of game change, like strategy change from Nazrat. But man, he just walked into those punches. He just kept walking forward. Yep. See, see that every now and then with fighters. And I always wonder like, man, this is your career. This is everything. Like you work so hard to get to this point. Like, and you're just going to run them down. Like, I don't get it. Yeah. Do something crazy. Same with, same with, we'll get into the main event, same kind of thing in the main event with, uh, Whitaker. I mean, we'll get into that later, but I feel like Whitaker just didn't change at all throughout the entire fight. Yeah. I have some, I have some takes on that one. That, that one's a little more interesting than this only because, uh, it was closer. It was a little bit closer. Yeah. Uh, this was just like Bobby piecing him together. Like he was the punching bag. Um, but yeah, something 188 significant strikes landed for Bobby green. It's wild. It's wild. Yeah. So great fantasy play there, but also, um, even better fantasy play. So how we're going to set up the league is where you keep these players, these fighters on your roster. And if they fight multiple times, the points are going to be additive. So let's say Bobby got 20 points tonight. I don't know exactly, but let's say he got 20. If he fights again in the duration of your league, um, and he gets another 20 points, another win, he now has 40 points on your team, right? So if, they, yeah. if, if you have a fighter that's fighting frequently and they're winning, then you're cashing in. Well, Bobby Green just signed up to fight Islam Makachev on 10 days notice. He's fighting again. That's twice in a, about a span of a month. That is fantasy yeah. money. Um, he probably won't win, but still, he's going to pull away some points. Yeah, it'll, it'll, that'll be a definitely, definitely will be an interesting fight um, coming up, uh, not this weekend, but the weekend after, I believe. Um, I mean, Bobby Green coming off of a, a, a pretty uh, epic win where he just walked around the guy. So maybe he's got a, a bit of a good high going on through that fight. So that might help him against Islam, who will, you know, it's Islam Makachev. He's going to slow that fight down as best he can. So if Bobby can keep that energy up and keep them standing, he's got a chance at that fight. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I would love to see somebody actually be competitive with Islam, but it just hasn't happened in his last few fights. But yeah. ha- get this, though. I-, I-, I might be wrong here, but, but I've- I'm sure I'm right on a few of these. I'm pretty sure Islam's last two opponents um, got injured and then couldn't fight and a last-minute replacement stepped in. Like people are dipping on this guy. At least, I, at least I know the last one when Dan Hooker stepped in because RDA got injured. Um, RDA, yeah, yeah. And now again here we got uh, Benil Dariush stepping out because he, yeah. he got legitimately injured. But I'm starting to wonder if Islam's team's running around whacking people to get easier fights. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, so it, it's it's been three times. Um, two of those were uh, Rafael dos Anjos. Right. Okay. Yeah. Because RDA got COVID. Right. And then they rescheduled that one later, and then RDA got hurt. And Jeez. now Benil gets hurt. So He's had such a hard time climbing the rankings. Like I kind of almost feel bad for Islam. Like He's really putting his name out there, and he's dominating people, but he's just such a slow climb. Yeah, and this was a fight that we were really excited for, um... Versus Benil, you know, two yeah. guys who are, are wrestling base and, you know, it was going to be a good fight that now, unfortunately, uh, we won't see. And hopefully Bobby Green can uh, can light it up. Yeah, it was going to be a fighter, like a, a fan of fighting fight. I don't know how to say it. A fighter's yeah. fight. But, you know, but whatever. Let's see. Let's see Bobby Green. I love that energy coming in on 10 days notice. 
he's making a fan out of me. Yeah, it's definitely, uh, it, w- it would definitely have been a, um, uh, what is it, a mixed martial arts enthusiast. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So that was the first uh, fight. Moving on to the next fight. Yeah, so then, uh, so we went over the Bantamweight fight with Kyla Phillips, um, even though that was in the prelims, but that was on our schedule, right? Um, then there was the Renato Moicano versus Alexander Hernandez in the lightweight division. So this was the fight that we missed because it ended up being slotted in at last minute. I'm, I'm so sick of these changes. Let's have some concrete cards here, please. Um, yeah. But anywho, it ended up being a sub in round two for uh, Moicano. Um, yeah. Did you? I didn't I, catch he, it. He pretty much dominated this as, as far as I can remember. Um, yeah. Uh, I think this was... Uh, was it Alexander's first UFC fight or it's his second no. UFC fight or something like that? Was it? No, I, maybe Mykano, but I don't even think so. But Alexander's been a w- around for a while now. Like he fought oh, okay. uh, Donald Cerrone. And, no, yeah. I was thinking of Marcelo Rojo. That's that's where that oh, one yeah. was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because because he, which you know what, if we're looking at it based on the switch, it does make sense because Marcelo Rojo. This was like his second UFC fight or his first UFC fight or something like that. There's no way he should be on the main card. Oh yeah. So they did yep. they did the right decision by by switching that. Um but yeah, it was it was a somewhat even fight. Uh they both were striking pretty good and then uh quick quick arm bar in the second round and and tapped him so. Yep. Yeah. Not not a crazy fight, not a but not a not a bad one. Yeah, yeah, it's just, it's one of those things where I'm like, oh, I just wish they would have that set up before, because like you said, it was, it, it's a car, it's a fight that would make sense in that slot. Yeah. Just friggin' put it out there two days before, please. Um, or more than two days before. Anywho, uh, I think it's worth g- jumping over into the third fight of the, um, of the main card here. Um, this is where we really get into the good stuff, too. So, yeah, this was a, this was a, f- fucking amazing fight yeah this this one might be my fight of the night actually i think i would have yeah so it would say jen jared kenner versus Derek brunson um this is pretty well it was pretty well known going in but it's cemented now it was for the next title shot this is the contender fight um in the middleweight division and uh and it was a wild one. We had Derek Brunson almost subbing Jared Cannonier at the end of round one. I thought he had it. Just I think time was on Cannonier's side. Like he was able to just run out the clock, and get the bell, um, and then Jan- Jared Cannonier comes back with some wild elbows, has Brunson rocked all over the place, wobbly legs, and then ends up finishing him. Yeah. And Brunson should have, he had a couple chances in that first round to end Cannoneer. Yeah. 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 And, but all the, all the, uh, all the credit goes to Jared for coming back in that second round. I mean, Derek looked gassed. Yep. Absolutely. He looked gassed. Ed, we're talking, uh, 429 of round two. So only 10 minutes into this fight. Basically, and uh, Derek Brunson only three for thirteen for takedown attempts. I think that's why that's where the the whole energy went to. I mean, he was trying to take down so often, and it wasn't happening. 
it takes a lot of energy to do that. It does. It really does. But you know what? I thought he would be somebody that could pull through with it because all of his last fights, it was that same strategy of using your wrestling, getting the takedowns, grinding them for like five rounds or three rounds or whatever it was. Yeah. But yeah, for some reason, this one, he just seemed more exhausted. But I think, I think, I don't know where the shot that landed that hurt him, but I think he was just not like there in at, at the st- start of the second round. Like, I think he was just, he got rocked somewhere along the way and never fully recovered. And he's yeah. been KO'd a couple of times in his career. Um, but what do you make of him talking about retirement? He said he's got one more fight, win or lose. He's out. Um, I mean, I'd hate to see him go, but he is 38 years old and he's been fighting in the UFC since 2012. So yeah, that's 10 years in the UFC. Um, it makes sense. Uh, and he's, he's, he's further away from the title shot than he is closer. That's just it. Like he really needed this one, but I thought it was an interesting storyline because um, very rarely do you hear fighters who are going for the belts on a run to chase greatness and they talk about retirement. Like That's a bold proposition because it kind of just makes the UFC go, oh, you want to win the belt and then retire? Mm, maybe, maybe I mean, look won't. at look, look at Glover Teixeira. Yeah, he but he's still belt, fighting. And he's, and he's still and he's defending. That's what I mean. He's He's coming around. He's like, I'm 97 years old, but I'll defend it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I th- feel like if Brunson won this and got a title shot and maybe won the title, then he would, def- you know, a couple more fights defending it. But, yeah. yeah, I mean, it makes sense, you know, looking at him career-wise, you know, where he's at, you know, age-wise and, and tenure-wise. Uh, it makes sense. But, you know, he's a good fighter, and I, I feel like – if he won, it would have been different, but maybe he he has peaked. Yeah, yeah. So good for him. I mean, like, I, it almost kind of works out for the UFC in the division in a way that he lost, because <laughs> now you got mm-hmm. Kananir who's never fought Adesanya, and Adesanya's lapping everybody. So you get that like decent storyline fight there. And and Adesanya's excited about that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Excited about facing somebody new, somebody he who he hasn't faced before, Fresh and. Team. Yeah. Yeah, it should be good. And then Brunson, like, hopefully he wins his next fight, whoever that is against, and then he walks in, into the sunset, you know, like he's done his career and never got the belt, but you went on top and you had a good run. So, yeah. It was, I it's, mean, it, it's like hockey or, or football or any, any professional sports. Not everybody wins the big one. Yeah, exactly. You know, and there's still some of the greatest players out there who never won, a, uh, never won the big one or – Anything like that, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So, yeah, it's tough. Um, but overall, this was a, an amazing fight. It was uh, back and forth, and 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 yeah, I, I loved it. I I agree with you that I think this was fight of the night. Yep. All right. Uh, should we go into the co-man here? Which? Sorry. Well, let's get back to this. Oh yeah. Um, you called Brunson by decision. I called Cannoneer round two KO. Ooh. <laughs> so on the button. So so far on this card, if we take out the uh, Kyler Phillips Marcelo Rojo fight, we are two for two with exact predictions. Okay, nice. Yeah, 
So that that's uh, that's the first here on the uh, Fantasy Fight League podcast. Well, the next one, I don't exactly remember what we said, but one of us must have got it right because we knew this was going to end in a KO. Oh, heavy, oh I remember. <laughs> the heavyweight, uh, yeah, I wouldn't even say contenders. Taitu Vasa is ranked 11 before this, but uh, Taitu Vasa versus Derek Lewis in Houston. This always seems to be a big factor. Uh, KO, round two, Taitu Vasa. These guys went balls to the wall <laughs> in the second round. Man, this round. fight was awesome. Yeah. Uh, Derek clipped Ty a couple times like with heavy shots, and Ty just ate them. Yeah, man. He doesn't know how to go out. Ty likes to just... He likes to brawl. You kind of saw it actually too. I think he got hit yeah. and like his face just turned and he started throwing like through caution yeah. to the wind. Yeah. His, his defense wasn't to put his hands up and back away to try and get composure. No, his defense is I'm going to just throw more punches so that it backs you off. <laughs> yeah. um, and then it was a strange knockout though. It was. Yeah, it was. I think, I think it's because there's a moment right before the final exchange where you see Derek, kind of take a back step and he wasn't fully balanced. He wasn't all there. Yeah. Yeah. I think it, that's where he was out. And then the elbow, um, I don't, I don't actually think Derek's lights went out. I think he had enough and he was hurt enough that he took a fall. See that I see. I think he was actually out when yeah. you look at it at, at a different, like a few times in the different angles. I think he went out because it, it it, honestly, if I was if I was making a movie and, uh, or something about somebody who's going to take a dive, it would look like what this fight ended as. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Because because it seemed like Ty hit him, and then it was like two seconds later that he then he went out. Yeah. But I I do think that that he did actually get knocked out, like you said, because it was he was in a different area, like he was already wobbling around, and then all of a sudden he got hit with that, and Ty was kind of holding him up, and then all of a sudden it just he, you know. Timber and he fell. Um, what a what a crazy crazy turn of events. Yeah, and, and for context, dude, it was a short elbow in the clinch. So after they had threw a big exchange, they clinched slightly, and 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 Ty actually, I, I like seeing it when fighters do this because it just makes so much sense in my mind. He grabs Lewis's face with his left hand, and then does a short elbow with the right elbow, and kind of like. You know, like kind of crushing it, like right, like yeah. using the force of both arms. But um, yeah, it just it looked like you said it looked kind of funny, and then he just dropped and wow, it was it was a great one. But we we can't talk about this fight without talk, talking about Derek Lewis getting two takedowns in the first round. <laughs> yeah, that was wild. I was laughing my ass off. Yeah, <laughs> I, I had a fear that this was actually going to turn into a Francis Ngandu, Cyril Gan kind of fight. I was like, shit, this is what it's going to be like. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense for Derek if you're looking at it to just get the win, take him down, lay on top, throw some punches around here and there. Uh, but it was not expecting two takedowns. I thought this was just going to be sound sound of the bell go and they were just going to start hucking. But no. <laughs> Derek's going Derek for trips. Has, <laughs> yeah, Derek's going for something else. Um, crazy to see. I was just looking at it. Uh, Taitu Ivasa was ranked 11 before this fight. Huh. The rankings now, he is officially ranked number three in the heavyweight division. Wow, what a jump. I, eight, yeah. eight points that he jumped up by beating Derek Lewis. 
who was number three. I mean, it makes sense. I didn't think it would go that high. I thought he would go to maybe six or seven-ish, right? Yeah. Not three, but now all of a sudden you're in the talks of Tai Tuivasa versus Curtis Blades, Tai Tuivasa versus Stipe. Oh, you that's know, weird. Yeah. They're, 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 right? Because we haven't been seeing Ty that much, but he's been lighting it up every time he goes out there, so why not? Totally, yeah. I, it's it's how it's how Francis got his first title shot. He just knocked everybody out. Yeah, it's one of those weird things with the rankings, and I don't know who really does the rankings, but um, what do you do in a situation where you have such a lopsided fight on the rankings? You know, a three versus eleven, and eleven wins. Does that automatically do they leapfrog, like by, bypass everybody else and go right over because that one person? lost number three like i don't know i also think it, it depends on on where the the person that they beat was before right so Derek lewis was high up in the rankings and he was coming off of a win right so yeah it, it kind of does make sense but also at the same time i like i said i don't think ty should be at number three i think he should be five or six or seven around that rank but of course, you beat a number three and you're ranked 11, you're going to jump a bit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you know what? They they put him at three, but they'll still get him against other people. Like maybe maybe Ty will take on number 10 now. You know, like <laughs> who, yeah, you who never really know. knows? And at the end of the day, he's I, I, I think he said in the post-fight interviews, he doesn't even care who he fights. He doesn't even pay attention to the rankings. He doesn't even know who's ranked above him. He just shows up to fight and do shoeies. Yeah, and yeah. That's his character. I mean, that guy must party like a motherfucker after those fights. Oh, yeah. It'd probably be so fun to party with him. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I don't think you'd remember a thing. No. And I'd have to drink from a shoe. It'd be terrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dana did it. Not sure if I'd... <laughs> yeah, I saw that <laughs> video because he said he would if, if he knocked him out. Yeah. That, that's how you got to motivate Ty. Man, if our... Uh... If you knock... Fantasy podcast takes off. I'll do a shoey. I'll freaking do one right <laughs> on an episode. <laughs> yeah, they fuck. I'll join you. <laughs> there we go. I'll, I'll go. To, I'll go to Walmart and I'll buy brand new shoes and not wear them. But that's besides the point. <laughs> yeah, share it. Share this podcast if you want to hear shoeys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, killer, killer fight for for these guys. Uh, awesome job from from Ty uh, to take that win. Definitely shocking. I didn't think it was uh, actually going to be Ty knocking him out um, as he did. But into the picks, uh, you picked Derek Lewis round one knockout. I picked Ty Tuivasa round two knockout. Ooh. So that's three for three, nailing it exactly. So uh, Justin is up two one. Nice, nice. That's that's pretty good. Um, People yeah, should listen to I us, mean, eh? <laughs> now that we know what we're talking about. Yeah, right. I'll uh, just delete all the other ones. Yeah, <laughs> take us into the take us into the champ fight here. Yeah, that brings us to the main event of the evening for the middleweight championship, Israel Adesanya versus Robert Whitaker. Uh, this was, um, I believe it was given fight of the night by Dana, I think. Um, really? In the end, Izzy wins by decision over Robert Whitaker, a very weird fight for Robert Whitaker. Cause yes, if you look at the stats, he did get a couple takedowns. Um, 
there's some people out there who are saying Robert Whitaker did enough to win this fight. I I severely disagree because he didn't do anything of no notice, nothing notable. He was just doing a double left jab, and that's it. Yeah, he it was not repetitive. Yeah, he didn't even follow it up with a right hand. He did, you know, he he got uh, I think it was three take four takedowns total, four for ten on takedowns. Did next to nothing on the ground with it. Yeah, it's true. Izzy got back up quite quickly and then was evading, coming in, tagging him a few times, stepping out, coming in, tagging him, and he lit up his leg. In the first, second round, he was lighting up Robert Whitaker's leg. Yep, he was. The first round was probably the most entertaining and um, most dominant by Izzy. Yeah. But man, like... I totally hear you. I, again, we said it earlier, and here we are in a championship fight for the belt. In this case, Robert's already been the champ, but I think he wanted it this time around, and it just didn't do enough. And I really can't stand... I like Robert a lot, but I really can't stand when fighters afterwards are really adamant about, I think I won that fight. Like, dude, come on. Watch that fight over, or your coaches should be... you know more disciplined or something they should really be on you and be like dude you didn't win that fight you should have done more or or in round four or five be like it's do or die you gotta you gotta ko or sub them to win this fight yeah i agree i don't i don't understand why coaches don't do this and why they lie to their fighters where they're like you won that round no you didn't yeah you didn't win that round (laughs) seriously i'd be so pissed if i was a fighter like i i guess it's you know i i don't have that experience i don't really know but just in a con- competitive scene, I want to know exactly what's going on. I got to know if I'm down, and that might just kick in the extra gear for me because maybe maybe Rob cruised to the finish the way he did because he thought he was winning. You know? Yeah. Which it's... I don't see how he could think. Like, he landed 59 significant strikes. I'm pretty sure 57 of those were a left jab. Man, that's garbage in a five-round fight. You can't you can't win a fight by just just jabbing. You're not gonna win the fight. Yeah. Um, there's times where he tagged him pretty good, but they didn't hurt Izzy to the point where he was wobbly or there was anything worried about it. He wasn't following up anything. He just jab jab, jab yep. jab, jab jab jab, and there was no follow up. His coaches were saying you need to follow these up. With a right hand, a leg kick, a takedown, something, you have to follow these up because they're not doing anything. Yeah. And he just, it's like, it's like he didn't listen at all. And they didn't also tell him, like, you need to step this up. You need to go for it right now. You're not winning the fight. I, I feel like there was a lack of, of coaching part, like some parts and then other parts they were telling him and he just wasn't listening. Yeah, man. Totally. And I got I to gotta bring up the other side of it, too. Because while Rob should have done more and made it more entertaining, we have to look at the Israel side um, because we have this problem. And I see this not just in this division or not just this champion, but, you know, this kind of always comes up where um, the champion is so dominant that the contenders that come in are almost scared to take chances to get the win or stand to do to play their game or anything like that. Right. And then on top of that, Fighters can just, uh, sorry, the champions themselves can kind of just do enough and then cruise to decision and get the decision win. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, 
there's not there that was this old there was this old saying back in the day with like GSP that a lot of people uh, hated where um, they felt like you had to dominate the champ to become the champ. Right. That if it went to decision, you had, it had to not even be close where if it was going to be close, they're going to err on the side of the champion. Yeah. That I makes hope sense. that's not the case, but, but also I don't hope that's the case. If it's a, if it's a nitty gritty fight, like we've seen it a few times in championship fights. Look at the Max Holloway versus um, Vol- Volkanovski fight. Yeah, maybe okay. that second fight. Maybe they maybe they gave it to Volk because it was so close, but he didn't outperform the champion. That's bullshit. I think Max clearly outperformed the champion. It should just be who was the better fighter. It doesn't matter if it's title fight or not. Who's the better fighter? That yep. person wins. And I still think, regardless, Izzy was the better fighter. Uh, in this one yeah but i i i yeah he, he i didn't even think is he did a flashy amount more than whitaker that's what i'm saying like uh, what, yeah. the biggest issue i have is where's the incentive for the champion to do something flashy right they're yeah. showing up they're in terms of finances right they're making that pay-per-view cut that's just a champion bonus right and then you're getting paid probably your crazy amount of money for just stepping in the cage you get a what you get a 50k fight bonus like that doesn't really matter with comparison to how much you're making so like i feel like there's almost a fundamental issue of being the champ and then just kind of doing enough to keep winning but not like doing some crazy shit and and i it's not every case and i don't think izzy goes in with that mindset at all i'm definitely not blaming him i'm just saying like when it's round 4 and you're up on the scorecards, takes the takes the pedal off. And maybe a lot of fighters do that, but even more so as the champions. And it just sucks because um, you just want to see them go hard. And maybe it takes two to tango. So Wittaker's got to do more for Izzy to do more. But it's just becoming a trend, man. Like Izzy's last few fights, we got this one. We got Vittori. Um, Costa, I guess, was kind of exciting. But, you know, it was kind of a wash for the first round. He just got hit by leg yeah. kicks. He was a deer in headlights. We got the Romero fight. Romero. Like it's just like a lot of these similar fights stacking up, and it's sucks because he's such a fun guy to watch when he's on, but he can also have complete dud fights that go on for five rounds, and I'm like, this is boring. Yeah, his last eight fights, um, six of them has gone to decision. Yeah, and like not even like crazy decisions. Some of them, like the only one I can think of is yeah. Kelvin Gastelum versus Izzy. Like that was a decision win. That was insane. That was an amazing fight, right? Yeah, but even the Blahovich fight where he lost, it went to decision. It wasn't that crazy of a fight. No, it wasn't. Vito- he got v- Vittori. He 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 lit up Vittori for four and a half rounds and then kind of sat back. Um, Yoel Romero was a boring ass fight. It was one of the worst fights I've ever seen. Oh my god! Yeah, and then even it, another one yeah. is um, Silva. Him versus Silva was kind of boring too. Like he, yeah, because he even said that he sh- should have done more. Like he could have put him out or whatever, but he kind of didn't because it was like his idol or whatever. So yeah, oh, man, yeah. But like you look at like uh, other guys like like Volk. Look at Volk uh, versus Ortega and, and Holloway. Like even the two Holloway fights. They were wars and yeah. they were awesome. Totally. Um, the the three fights of Moreno versus Figueroa. Yeah, that's wars. a great example. Yeah. Wars. Um, Usman versus Covington. 
war. Mm-hmm. Right? Like there I feel like it's a it's a mindset thing that only some fighters have. Like I feel like if you're in in Usman's corner and you say, you know, if Trevor Whitman looks at Usman and says you're down four rounds to none. You need to finish here. Usman's going to listen. Yo, yeah, for sure. Right? He's not going to be like, yeah, okay, and then do the same thing. Usman's going to change it, change it up. Um, where, I don't know, it, it just it, it kind of put me off that Robert was doing not. I was getting frustrated watching the fight, going, you're not doing anything. Yeah, and that's where it is, right? It really depends on your challenger. They got to step up to bring that intensity so that yeah. you want to bring it back. So, yeah. But it, also, at the same time, Izzy's got to bring it and, and just show why he's the champ. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's too bad, but uh, but it wasn't the worst fight in history. It was just it's it was no. almost more frustrating because there was enough to be going on to be watching and be entertained, but like not enough for the fight to be like, oh, who won? Or like, yeah, like Rob. Oh, what a great punch! Or it was like no like highlight reels, nothing. So I don't know. No, I don't know. Spoiled, but. Uh, but that's that's how it was. That's how it went, and that was that was USC two seventy one. So Israel Adesanya is still the champ. Who do you who do you got him next? Him fighting next? Jared Cannonier. Yeah, for sure, right? That's that's a that's an obvious one. What about what about Rob? What does he do? Man, um, you could put him against Brunson or Vittori. I mean, Vittori's coming off of a win. Right, yeah, and Rob's coming off a loss. That'd be an interesting fight to see. Um, Brunson, the two of them coming off of losses, that would be uh, an interesting fight to to see. But I kind of want to see Rob kind of take a little bit of time and then get that fire back in because when he's got that fire in, man, that guy is awesome to watch. Yeah, he's great. He's such a great fighter. Yeah, I gotta I gotta throw out. This one too. I'm gonna have to keep talking about this guy until the, the train shuts down. Okay. Yeah. Kamzat Chimaev is running show in two divisions. This guy doesn't give a shit. I don't. He hasn't booked a fight yet, which is kind of frustrating. But I'm pretty sure he's fighting Gilbert Burns somewhat soon. Who's? Yeah, I think that they're talking about that one. Yeah, which sounds pretty green lighted. So hopefully we see that in the near future. That's like a top contender in the welterweight division. And he has said a few times he doesn't give a shit which division he, he fights in. So in the two he's talking about are welterweight and middleweight. I would love, and I know it's early, but I would love to see Kamzat Shemaya versus Irzuril Adesanya. Yeah, oh, I'd, I'd like to see Kamzat versus uh, Usman as well. Yeah, let's go. I want. I want to see. Wouldn't it be crazy? Because you know how like Usman and Israel have this bond of being like uh, him and him and those two, as well as Ngannou, of being like the three Nigerian kings. They call themselves as like the three champs from yeah. Nigeria, which is awesome. But wouldn't it be crazy if like the villain of this beautiful story comes in and it comes out and he takes out Usman, and then Israel's like, "Oh hell no, you come out to my division and we'll fight." And then maybe he takes him out. Then he goes up and fights Nagano. <laughs> like he got this crazy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> crazy storyline. Uh, I mean, it would be it would be uh, interesting because he's right in those two divisions there. Um, I, I I still think like I like I, I love Kamzat. I I still think he needs a couple more fights before he gets a title. Yeah, 
Uh, for sure. It's like somebody to actually fight with them. Yeah, but you know what? I'd actually peg him at one away. If he fights Gilbert Burns and wins, he's going right to the title. I, I think there's no I doubt. I mean, Gilbert mind. is ranked number two. Yeah. I mean, if 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 Kamzat stays very um, Terminator-like and unbeatable like this, I'd love to see him run through Kobe Covington. Oh, yeah, that'd be fun. They were close, oh, too, to developing. Love. But actually, I'm great that you brought that name up because... UFC 272, which is actually just around the corner, March 5th, I want to say. Yes. Um, we got Colby Covington for a, versus Jorge Masvidal. A grudge match. Two former teammates that absolutely hate each other. They're talking about taking each other's life in the octagon. It's going to be a wild one. I can't wait. Yeah, that one's going to be good. Yeah, so that's what's on the horizon. We got a few fight nights in between, but actually I can't even comment on them because... Some of the fights are getting canceled left, right, and center and being moved around. So good luck this trying to Saturday's, follow that. Uh, the two days from now is uh, a fight that uh, I'm actually looking forward to. Uh, Johnny Walker versus um, is Darren Hill. Uh, no, Jamal, Darren Jamal Hill. Hill? Jamal, yeah. Jamal Hill. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I like Johnny Walker. I mean, he's had a, a couple stumbles here and there. But I, I do like Johnny Walker. He's he's a flashy guy who can get some awesome knockouts. So I think that one will be a fun one. Yeah, man. Yeah, I, I forgot about that one. That, sh- that should be fun for sure. I'm excited yeah. for that. Johnny's always crazy. He does crazy shit. He pops his elbow or shoulder in a sub- fight celebration. So you never know with this guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one was hilarious. Uh, that one's up uh, next this, this Saturday. And then you have the... Uh, Islam Makachev versus Bobby Green. And then we have the Masvidal Covington too, which we'll cover next time. Yeah, so that was uh, the recap of UFC 271. Like JC just said, we're going to come with the preview for 272 in the few next few weeks. Maybe in between there, we'll do an episode kind of going over uh, fantasy settings and our fantasy league and what we're thinking about there. And if you're interested, you can follow along with us. Um, but yeah, if you like the podcast, give us a rating. I think you can do that on Spotify. So go for it. We'd love to see it. Any feedback Five you got, stars. hit us up. Um, and yeah, thanks for listening. Yeah. Five stars. Five stars. Give us all the five stars. <laughs> yeah. Five stars. <laughs> five stars. Yeah. Yeah, please. Five stars. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs>